0: Welcome to the Busy Latter day Saint, where righteous desires and living life come together. Here, members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints discuss their challenges and successes in studying the Scriptures. I am your host, Richard Bernard. Before we hear from our guest, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and to share it with your friends. Information on how to reach me and a link to my website are in the show notes. The music for this program is by Marvin Goldstein and used with his permission. And now, today's interview. Well, welcome, Ron.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Uh, I got an email from you this morning, and uh, before we get into that, though, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: I was uh, born in uh, Seattle, Washington in 1949. When I was four years old, my parents moved up to Fairbanks, Alaska on a job that my dad had, and we lived in Fairbanks for about eight years. Uh, When I was 12, we moved to Sweet Home, Oregon. My folks had purchased a bowling alley, and they were really interested in bowling, and my dad, I think, wanted to get out of the plumbing and heating business, which he had been in. So we moved to Sweet Home and started managing this bowling alley. Um, And we lived there until I graduated from high school. When I graduated from high school, I went to Oregon State University and got a degree in chemical engineering. Then later to Brigham Young University and got a PhD in chemical engineering. I worked for uh, three years as a research engineer with Phillips Petroleum Company in Oklahoma and then moved from there to University of Kansas, started teaching chemical and petroleum engineering. Uh, we were there for four years, moved to University of Wyoming, taught there for six years in their petroleum engineering department, and then from there we moved to Provo, well, Orem, which we live, and I, uh, in 1987, I started teaching in the chemical engineering department at Brigham Young University. That's been my career.
0: Wow. You've traveled a lot.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Now, where in Alaska were you?
1: In Anchorage or? We were in Fairbanks.
0: In Fairbanks, yeah. I have some family that moved up to Alaska decades ago, and I've never been up there to visit them. It's actually my aunt. My uncle died up there, and they had to wait six months to bury the body because the ground was too hard. My aunt is always inviting me up there and I've just never found the time to go up there and see it, but I hear Alaska's beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous.
1: Beautiful state. Not very many people, uh, but a beautiful state.
0: Now, what exactly does a chemical engineer
1: do? um, There are several areas that chemical engineering people work in. Um, One would be oil and gas, which was my area of specialty. Um, That's why I taught petroleum engineering as well um, another would be the semiconductor industry um, a lot of chemies and electrical engineers go into that area the chemical engineering uh people would would uh, design the the base of the oh. of the of the uh, unit and the and the electrical engineers would design all of the
0: circuitry oh Wow. I did not know that. That's very interesting. So you worked with some um, oil companies. So what would you do with them?
1: Uh, I did research on how to uh, increase oil production from oil reservoirs. So I was looking at both secondary and tertiary oil recovery techniques. And the main one that I was looking at was uh, polymer flooding and what we call micellar flooding, which is uh, basically a soap you know, if you try to wash your hands that are dirty from oil, you're not going to do a very good job. Right. So you use uh, surfactant, a surfactant, a soap, to do that. Um, and we would inject uh, a micellar solution, a soap solution, into the ground to mix with the oil and recover it off the rocks that it was absorbed onto. So that was that was one thing that I did at, at F- Phillips Petroleum Company.
0: Well. Um you said you said you moved to Alaska when you were four years old. Now, were your parents members of the church?
1: No, uh, they were not. I was raised in a in a uh, Presbyterian slash Methodist home. Wherever where there wasn't a Presbyterian church, we attended a Methodist church, um, and so for until I was about mm, seventeen years old, that was my religious background. In high school, I met a young lady who uh, we started dating when she turned 16. We actually started seeing each other before that, but she couldn't date till she was 16 and never could understand that until I joined the church. <laughs> but um, And she's sitting by my side right now. We we met, and she invited me to go to an early morning seminary class. And our senior year, we studied the Book of Mormon. And that's where I gained my testimony of the gospel. Fell in love with that book. It's a great book. And, uh, so I joined the church um, yeah, as a freshman at Oregon State University. My girlfriend at the time, went. we graduated together. She went off to Rick's to marry a returned missionary, and that didn't work for her. but uh, two years later we were married and sealed in the Oakland Temple in fact this year we went or last year when the Oakland Temple reopened we went down for the open house in May and it was our 50th wedding anniversary
0: oh that's wonderful a great way to celebrate your anniversary so you didn't serve a mission as a young man?
1: no um, when I was uh, that was in the 60s Yeah. And uh, my bishop sat down, talked to me, and asked me if I wanted to serve a mission. I said, Well, I don't know that my parents would support that. He said, Well, that's a good thing because we have a limit of the number of, of missionaries that we can send out because of the war.
0: And that was the Vietnam?
1: Yeah, Vietnam War. And so, and I think the limit in our ward was two, and there were six young men that graduated in our graduating class, and they all wanted to serve missions. Well, I know five of them wanted to serve missions. Um, uh, uh, besides me, there were five others. And, and so he said there, there wouldn't be, because of the quota, you know, you wouldn't be able to go for several years down the road. And so no, I didn't serve a mission as a, as a young man. Uh, we've served two missions now.
0: Yes. Now, you are serving currently as a senior missionary in the Orem mission. Um, How long have you been doing that?
1: We've been serving since uh, the end of July of last year. Um, And right now we have an uh, assignment. We were given an assignment a week or so ago. We're the executive secretary for the senior mission, the MLS, the member and leader support uh, missionaries in our mission.
0: Now, for those that don't know, what does a senior missionary do that's living at home but serving a full-time mission? What are your responsibilities?
1: Uh, the mission has given us uh, two main responsibilities. One is to present a, what's called a member missionary message. So we go around to active members of the church and present this message. And basically the message is to invite them to participate in, in the gathering of Israel. And Last year, that was very successful. We had uh, 681 baptisms in the Orem Mission, which was the largest in the state of Utah. There were a lot of members of the church that got involved in sharing the gospel, and so these member missionary messages uh, work
0: really well. So, one is the member missionary message, and then what's the second one?
1: The second one is to, when, when a convert is baptized, the senior missionaries are asked to help them get to the temple to do baptisms, if they're eligible, if they're old enough. And we've seen a lot of good success with that. And of course, that helps with the retention rate of those converts.
0: Well, how does scripture study fit into all of this, into your life in general and as a missionary?
1: Oh. Well, let me back up a little bit. When I started teaching chemical engineering at at Brigham Young University, the first year that I was there, in 87, I was asked to be an adjunct member of the religion college. And so I taught either a Book of Mormon class or a Doctrine and Covenants class, in addition to my um, chemical engineering courses that I taught for most of my career at BYU. And I retired in 2015, uh, winter semester. So April of 2015, I retired. So during that time, um, I studied the gospel a lot. Okay, because as, as a teacher, you've got to be ahead of the students, right? <laughs> um, and so I've, I've always been told and I've always told people that teachers probably learn more than what their students do.
0: Yeah, I think that's true.
1: And, that, and, and I really enjoyed that uh, you know I, I'm an engineer at heart and, uh, and so I love teaching engineering but I also love teaching in that religion college as well mm-hmm. and so that from that grew um, a, a an intense if you will study habit of mine so for years I've, I've, I've studied the gospel quite a bit particularly the Book of Mormon. Um, I've read it, I I don't know how many times. Uh, uh, As an example, in the last three years, after we served our first mission, we served our first mission in Sacramento, California, and my wife was the mission nurse. And I worked in the office and did whatever they asked me to do. Um, But when we got home from that, I got back into the Book of Mormon a lot. And there's a book that Elder Holland has written called Christ and the New Covenant. Uh, and in chapter 10 of that book, he defines 16 different concepts of the atonement. And so one time I thought, you know, I'm going to read the Book of Mormon with, in, with those 16 concepts in mind and trying to identify where they are in all of the verses throughout the Book of Mormon. And in the last three years, I've been through the Book of Mormon five times now with that intent. Um, and I've created a spreadsheet that, that lists all of the concepts.
0: There's the engineer in you. It's
1: the engineer. <laughs> the engineered.
0: And, and I'll just add right now, that's what you sent me the email about, was about, about this. Yes, yeah. And, okay. Um, what have you learned from that experience by doing it that way?
1: Um, well first of all uh, the main thing I learned is the Book of Mormon is all about Christ Uh, and we've been told that before but uh, and I've known that but this has really uh, cemented that in my in my mind uh, because uh, every chapter contains something about one of those 16 concepts and so um, It it has been a a remarkable study for me, just to go through that. But it also, um, I I sincerely believe this, that if a person reads the Book of Mormon every day, like President Nelson has asked us to do, and other prophets uh, have asked us to do, that we will stay close to the gospel. The Book of Mormon, I think, is a key uh, to help individuals stay close to the gospel. And so I really love reading it every day. I don't read, sometimes it's just a chapter or something. If we're studying the New Testament also, uh, then, then I'm into that also. But, uh, but there's something about the Book of Mormon that I feel I need to do every day.
0: And so now, what was the title of the book?
1: Christ in the New Covenant. Really excellent book.
0: Well, are you able to do it every day? I mean, study every day.
1: Yeah, um, I usually wake up early. I guess that's—I don't know. I've always had that problem. <laughs> so some days I'm up at three in the morning.
0: Wow, three in the morning. What time do you go to bed?
1: Oh, about ten. Oh, okay. So, but uh, I will. So I'll get up and study for um, usually a couple hours. And if it's not just the Book of Mormon, like I said, it'll be the New Testament or the Old Testament or the Doctrine and Covenants, whatever it might be. Um, but I'm not just studying the the scriptures. I'm reading the scriptures, but I'm also reading some, um, some commentaries on them as well. So I'm reading things from the religious education people that have written books.
0: Well, it appears, the way you just phrased uh, your last sentence, that there's a difference between reading and studying. Yeah. And, and what is that?
1: Well, reading, um, you know, I pray every day before I read, and uh, I want to know, I want to feel the Spirit, and, and we get that when we when we read. Um, but studying, it's also, what do other people make comments about, uh, about this particular verse or this particular story in the Book of Mormon? And so I will... I will read comments from um, you know millet and McConkie in their book um, or other other scholars and and see where that lines up with my reading um, and most of the time I think that it it, it, it does line up sometimes there are things that uh, the scholars will say that wow okay I didn't really see that in there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but it makes sense? Okay.
0: All right, um, what materials do you use? I mean, uh, do you have a journal in front of you? Are you typing? Uh, are you using a hard copy of the scriptures? Do you use the gospel library? What generally are you doing? All
1: of the above. All of the above, okay. <laughs> and I did this study uh, the five times that I went through the Book of Mormon. I, I had a hard copy. And I would write on the sides, I would identify uh, a little acronym for the sixteen concepts, uh, for instance, um, infinite atonement would be i a and so whenever I saw something that referred to the infinite atonement, I'd put i a by the by the verse or verses in in that in that
0: uh, chapter of the book. Did you also uh, use a different color for i a or
1: no, it was always one color for all of them. Uh, but then i also uh I also have gone to the Gospel Library app and I love that app oh, it is so complete so now I'm not in the uh, I'm out of the that study that I've had done although I think I'm going to do it one more time a sixth time uh, but that'll be later this year right now I'm using the Gospel Library app to study the Book of Mormon and it has uh not just the Gospel Library app. I'm also using the Deseret Bookshelf app, which has a lot of these commentaries that you can ha- get access to. And so, along with the Book of Mormon uh, and the scriptures, in the Gospel Library app, you have the seminary and institute manuals, mm-hmm. and so you can you can read the commentaries that that people have written in those manuals. Okay, okay. Uh, and. And uh, and when when I'm reading those commentaries of the, the Institute and Seminary Manuals, there will be references to talks. Uh, for instance, um, talks that Ezra Taft Benson gave about the Book of Mormon, uh, or President Nelson has given recently about the book. And so I'll, I'll go to those talks as well. A lot of them are conference talks. A lot of them are... Or some of them are, are talks that were just print, printed in the ensign. Um, but some of them are, are BYU speeches uh, that were given. And so I'll find those and I'll read those, and that'll supplement some of my study as well.
0: When you study the scriptures, do you always get something from it each time, or are there times that you study and kind of go, I just I can't seem to tie into something today?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose there are days like that, um, and maybe that's because I've got something on my mind that I've got to do. Maybe when I was working, uh, it was a day that I had to give a new lecture or something, and so I would study for maybe not as long that day, and maybe not get out as much, get out of the scriptures as much as what I would other days. Um, that's less frequent now because I'm, I'm not working, uh, and I don't have those challenges. But we do have, we're learning this new assignment in the mission, and so that's taking a, the last couple of weeks to do that. Uh, so I'll, every now and then I'll have something like that, or a family issue that's come up that, that we need to deal with, or something else.
0: Have you found times in your life where the scriptures really kind of hit home and answered a question you've been pondering?
1: Oh yeah, very much so. Several times that that has happened in my life, especially when I was teaching uh, at BYU. And, you know, students would have questions about gospel-related issues, whatever. And, or I've served as a bishop uh, multiple times, and the scriptures have helped me. In, in that as well, so be able to answer somebody. I remember one time uh, I got a call, I was a bishop in Laramie, uh, Wyoming when we were there, and I got a call about 1.30 in the morning from one of our young women uh, in our ward and and I, I was trying to wake up. Uh, I didn't know where I was <laughs> and she said, Bishop, I just need to hear your voice, and I need for you to say something. And uh, a scripture popped into my head, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, And so I recited that for her, and she said, thank you very much, hung up the phone. And we talked later that week, um, but she said that that was really very
0: helpful. You are my third interview, and in the second interview, I was interviewing... Uh, someone and um, I felt very strong that he needed to bear his testimony and over time as I thought about these podcasts I realized that really part of the power of the podcast will be your personal testimony and so I'd like to end with your testimony
1: all right I'd love to Um, as I mentioned I'm a convert to the church and uh, that year that I studied the Book of Mormon uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and and other seniors in our in our class, I really fell in love with the Book of Mormon and the gospel. And I said to myself, "Okay, I need to ask one of two questions: uh, Is Joseph Smith a prophet? If Joseph was a prophet, then the Book of Mormon's true. Is the Book of Mormon true?" If the Book of Mormon is true, then Joseph Smith was a prophet. That, The answer to both of those questions came to me. They were both yes. Uh, but over the years, uh, that testimony has just grown and grown. Um, and not only that, but um, as I've served in the Church and worked with individuals in different callings and and studied the Gospel, the Book of Mormon, and and, like I said, other commentaries. um, I have grown to know with a certainty, with no doubt in my mind, that Jesus is the Christ, that he performed the atonement for us, that um, he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and suffered for you and I, and what has really made the difference in my life, I think, uh, along with the Book of Mormon, is, but is to understand that that Atonement is not just... You know, a lot of times we think of the Atonement as, as this infinite thing. And as an engineer, for me, that's hard for me to get my mind around. Okay, How did he do that? How did he suffer that much pain? And uh, for all the illnesses and sicknesses that have occurred and billions of people, that have lived not in this, not just this world, but others. And so we we think a lot about the infinite nature of the atonement. But I think for me, and and, and that is really important. I don't, I don't want to downplay that. But for me, and for those that I've worked with uh, in the church in, in a lot of years, uh, the personal nature of the atonement, has meant a lot to me. And I think that when you and I understand that and we get uh, a testimony that that, that Jesus suffered those for you and for me as an individual, that means so much more. And the Book of Mormon has helped me in getting to that point. Because the Book of Mormon, more than any other scripture, um, testifies of what the Savior has done for us on an individual basis. I love Alma 7, 11 through 13, that talks about the illnesses and the sicknesses and the infirmities that he suffered for us. Not just the resurrection, not just the atonement, but he has given us this the strength, this enabling power, the grace, uh, uh, His grace, if you will, to make it through this life with all the challenges that that we face. So, yes, I know without a doubt that uh, Heavenly Father created a plan of happiness for us and that He sent His Son to uh, complete that plan. And I testify of that in His holy name. Amen.
0: Thank you.